Um, we're not, we're, all the children are going to stay up today. Uh, I will have a, uh, <laughs> maybe, condensed sermon. <laughs> uh, um, so we're going to, it's, uh, it's my uh, fourth, yeah, fourth in, uh, on, on prayer. And turn, into your, turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, verses 7 through 15. And um, Jose said that whenever the 15 minutes is up, he's going to go amen and push the mute button. So I don't know, something. What's that? Am I on? Oh, you go like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah. So he's, we're going we're gonna to look at this again. And I thought I would conclude, maybe, this series on prayer with the Lord's Prayer. And. Um, I have the New King James Version, so I thought I would read that. And uh, it's Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 7. It says, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the corners of the street, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. So whenever we were talking about in Sunday school today, how that God resists the proud. So, you know, pride does not have a place in prayer. And pride is saying, I deserve, you know, I've been good. You know, do you ever pray or hear somebody pray, well, you know, Lord, they've been good. <laughs> they've been doing all the right things and they still got this problem and they don't deserve this and I don't deserve this. has nothing to do with prayer. Sorry. <laughs> that, isn't, that isn't what prayer is based on. That isn't based on who, who merits it. So it's based on, we'll move on, it's on our faith in our relationship with God, and that we bring our needs to the Lord, and that we are there requesting, humbly requesting, that God intervene. And it isn't, you know, oh, I'm a worthless person, and you shouldn't do this, but, no, that's not, hum that's not humility either, okay? That's not humility. Humility is a, is a confidence, a confidence that we belong to God, we are his child, and we come to him with our needs and with the things that are, that are uh, presenting themselves in our lives. So we are coming with this confidence that God is, doing a great, God is going to work in and through our needs and through the situations that we're confronted with. You know, when we have our prayer requests. And that we believe that God hears us, and we're going we're to read this in just a minute, but that God hears us when we pray and there is a follow-up to it that God will hear us and that he will answer. Let's go on. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Then verse 6. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So it isn't so much that, you know, I've been praying to God for this, that God would do this in my life. It's all right to tell people what you've been praying about, and it's all right to make your request to the Lord, but the understanding is that you have this relationship with God, and if nobody else hears your prayers, it's not important. It is important that God hears your prayers, that you and I know God is listening. And so if we go into our secret place and pray about something, pray about a particular situation, we know that God will hear our prayers, and that God who hears and knows in secret. We're not making a big deal out of it. You know, God, there is this, um, oh, like, uh, the, the, I'm trying to mimic a, what he's talking about, the publican and sinner. The publican is an individual who uh, is a very high official, 
in the, in the, Jewish, in the Jewish faith. And he's standing on the street corner, and he's praying very boisterously and loudly in his you know, very shiny robes and, and garment. And he's saying, God, I'm thankful that I'm not like that wretched person over there who's a sinner. <laughs> you know? And he's going on and on, that, about the, and he's calling attention to himself, and he's putting down other people. And, you know, it's like, that's not prayer. And Jesus is telling us that this is, you know, don't use that. Don't, don't be that type of prideful. And um, he's also saying to us that we need to be humbly before God. In the sense that <laughs> grace and mercy. I, I always like these two words, and we defined them a little bit more in Sunday school this morning. But grace is, um, I am a sinful person, okay? Therefore, God's grace is towards me, and when I ask for forgiveness, I don't deserve forgiveness. But um, his grace is extended to me, and his grace looks beyond my faults and sees my need of salvation, forgiveness, and he forgives me. That's called grace. So he looks beyond my faults, sees my need, forgives us. Mercy. As a Christian, now that I have accepted Christ into my life, as a Christian, I need strength to live the Christian life. I need gifts of the Spirit. I need the fruits of the Spirit. I need an understanding of the Scriptures in my life. Mercy is God gives to me what I don't deserve. He gives to me, he, looks, he sees what I have need of, and he bestows that upon me. So he gives me mercy. So as I am coming before God, I am depending upon his mercy to work in my life. I don't have to, I deserve this God, that's pride. I am looking to his mercy. I don't deserve this, but God has given it to me. I don't deserve to be called a child of God, but I am one. I don't deserve forgiveness, but I am forgiven because of God's mercy. So it's because of his mercy then that all of us come before God. It isn't because we deserve it. Hey God, I've been good. I haven't done anything wrong in at least 10 seconds. <laughs> I deserve this. No, it's his mercy that extends it towards us. So these are the things that, that help us. And so um, as we are trying to develop this prayer life, Hopefully we've been praying more. I'd ask you to raise your hands, but I might be embarrassed because maybe all of these four or five weeks of prayer have been wasted. Have you been praying more? Huh? Praying more? Thank you. <laughs> because it isn't never wasted. I've been praying more. So I pray, that, I pray that this has been helpful because it helps us understand a little more that our prayers are not lengthy, don't have to be long. They have to be a heartfelt conversation of our need to God, expressed towards God. And it is this heartfelt expression, like, you know, we see a need. Um, need. Fire engine going down the, down the road. God, I pray you be with the people who are on the fire engine. I pray that you will be with the people that are at the accident. I pray that you will help them and guide them. I don't know who it is. 
unawareness, but I'm offering a prayer for them. I'm offering a prayer for the people who are going to help and those who are injured. I don't know them, but I'm praying for them. So every time we hear the fire whistle or the whistle going, we need to pray. Pray for the people who are going to help and pray for their protection, pray for their, their on the way and when they get there to help with the people who are injured or hurt, that need their help. We are praying for them. On the news and in, you know, see people that have been, we pray for them. It's not only just a need that goes out, we are there expressing a need towards God. So it's relational and educational. Talked about that. It's a relational thing where we speak with God. It is a relational thing that develops. You ever have a relationship that you never spoke to anybody with? <laughs> yeah? You have relationships that you don't speak to people? Not really, do we? We have to speak to them to build a relationship. And the relationship is built through the conversation, through the intimacy. And God, you know, we're just learning, we're learning more about God as we speak with him and through his words. And it's educational in the way that God reveals himself to us. Verse 5 in, in the um, Message Bible says, Prayer is not a theatrical production. As if God is sitting in a box seat watching us perform. Well, God, it's a Broadway play, you know? <laughs> no. You're not going to give me an Oscar for that one, right? <laughs> but you see, it's a, it's a Broadway play that we put on for God so that he can be impressed. In, in, you know, and some of, the, some of the people that they, they beat themselves and cut themselves and you know, do all this stuff, what for? To, to show how how much they love God and how much they can debase themselves and so they would be worthy to, somehow God would hear their cries. No, it's not a theatrical thing. In um, 1 Corinthians 13, it says, if I give my body to be burned as a martyr, as a martyr and don't have love in my heart, doesn't matter. Doesn't make a bit of difference. Verse 6. We spoke about it here as a quiet room. The, the Message Bible says, find a quiet place where you're not tempted to play a role. Don't play a role. You know, um, sometimes, you know, as, as preachers, as a pastor, as a preacher, we're tempted to play a role. I'm a pastor. Therefore, I have this role that I am to be. All right? I try not to do that. This is me. <laughs> you know, sometimes I fail at it. But uh, it is just me. <laughs> what you see is what you got. You know, that's it. And we're tempted sometimes to play roles. Play role of a person that we think we should be. Play the role of a Christian. That's where we get the idea of hypocrite. A hypocrite is an actor. Someone who is playing a role but not living the life. So as a Christian, we are not trying to be a Christian and play the role that we think other people think we should, we, we should have. We are being ourselves in a relational experience with Jesus Christ. And that relational experience with Jesus Christ is lived out in our prayers. We are praying and asking God to be involved in our life, and so it's lived out through those prayers. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. That's what the Message Bible says about praying. Be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. 
the focus will shift from you to God. So in my prayers, it isn't about me, and it isn't about my need, and it isn't about all the things that have gone wrong, and it isn't about what's happened. It's about God. So when I am praying, my shift is towards God and who he is. You know, whenever the um, children of Israel were going to go in and possess the promised land, the spies went in and looked at the land and said, we can't go in there. They have giants in the land, and the giants make us look like grasshoppers. That was their perspective. We, can't, we are grasshoppers inside of the giants. Now, the Bible says, if you say unto this mountain, be moved, it will be moved. One of the other translations say, says, if you say to that mountain, jump, it'll jump. <laughs> Why? Because of the mountain? Because of you? No, because of God. You see, how do our needs measure up to the shadow of God? It isn't how great our problem is, it's how great our God is. And so it begins to shift from what's wrong to how great God is. It begins to move from my problems to God and his sufficiency. And so when I pray, I pray the scriptures and the sufficiency comes in. So you see, it's not about me or about us, and it's not about our needs, it's about God, because nothing is impossible with him. So we, we recognize that our focus then, and go to verse 7, the world is full, and this is the Message Bible, the world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. <laughs> they, they're full of formulas and programs and advice peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. This isn't about making God jump on our behalf. This is your father you are dealing with. Did you ever try and fool your dad? Did you ever try and fool your parents? I never could. <laughs> Everybody's looking around at their kids. Huh? Do you fool? You try and fool me? <laughs> you try ever try and fool you? You know, I never tried to fool my dad because I was scared to. <laughs> you know, you know, it's like I, I and I didn't have to fool him. You know, I just tell him what I want. You know, I basically, I guess you'd say I was spoiled. I basically got anything I wanted. You know, you know, what's that? Yeah, I was the baby. I was the youngest. I was the favorite. Yeah, I was the favorite, you know. And I know what it's like to be favorite because I was best. There's no, see, that's not humility at all. That's just fact. <laughs> but there was no reason for my dad not to like me. I did anything he wanted, you know. I was, you know, but that's a whole different story. But whenever we are saying here, and, and, and I know I want to move through this, that don't fall for the nonsense of thinking that you can find a formula or an advice that's going to make God do something. He's your father. Your father who knows you inside and out, who loves you beyond any amount you can ever imagine. And we must never, never, ever confuse our earthly father with our heavenly father, whether we had a good one or a bad one. Our heavenly father is so much different than our earthly father. Even the best of our, best of our fathers, God is so far above that. 
He is our Heavenly Father. So he says, this is your Father you're dealing with. He knows better than you. <laughs> he knows. I always, my little joke is, you know, God has a flat forehead. Because I'm always saying, God, I think you should do this. And he goes, oh, David, I never thought of that. You know, like I'm going to tell the omnipotent, all-knowing God, omniscient, all-knowing God, that he never, something he never thought of. You know. All right, let's move on. This, the world, we did that, verses 7 through 13. Verse 9, our Father. Now, let's, let's say the, the Our Father in um, the King James, because that's what most of us know it as. Is that what is up there? Okay, let's all say it together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, that's kind of like right out there. We've all said it. We've all heard it. But the Message Bible says, Our Father in heaven. It is recognizing that our Father, He's not only my Father, He's your Father. So whenever we pray, and I'm praying about your need, and you're praying about mine, or I'm praying about myself, we're talking to the same guy. He's ours. It's not mine exclusive. He's our Father. And he lives in heaven. Heaven is a place where Jesus says, I am going to prepare a place for you that where I am there you may be also. It is a place where we're all going to go, and we're all going to be there someday. But our Father... Uh, dwells there. He lives there. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed is reverent. Reveal who you are in me. So when I am praying, okay, the formula, and I know there are no formulas, but the formula is, there is no formula, but there is a formula. No. The idea is when I come into God's presence, I ask for forgiveness. Because I want nothing to stand between me and God. I want nothing in my heart to be a hindrance to me and my prayer. So I, want, I need forgiveness, thought, word, or deed, intentional, unintentional, God forgive me. So I enter his presence. That's, he gives me. So God in heaven, reveal yourself. Hallowed be your name. Reverence your name. Reveal who you are. Reveal who you are through your word. God will make his word real to you. It isn't like we're searching for something that's never been heard of. We are searching for the word to be spoken to us. And as we are in that moment of silence, as it were, before God, we want God to speak his word to us. Reveal who you are. Your kingdom come. God set the world right. Let your kingdom that is in heaven be established in me and in this world. In heaven, there is no obstacle. There are no obstacles to the will of God. Let there be no obstacle to the will of God in my life. Set the world right. Do what's best. As you do above, so do below. Your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Keep us alive with three square meals. Give us this day our daily bread. God, we need your daily provision. 
in my life. God, I need your daily provision. So whether we think of it as eating or whether we think of it as work or finances, God, reveal to me, give to me my daily needs. Keep us forgiven. (laughs) Keep us forgiven with you as we forgive others. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our sins. Forgive us. Keep us, Lord, forgiven. Keep us safe from ourselves. Lead us not into temptation. We are tempted when we are enticed by our own enticements. God doesn't tempt anyone. We are tempted when we are drawn away by our own enticements. Forgive us. Keep us safe from ourselves and from the devil. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God, don't let me become carried away with my own temptations, and don't let the devil have a foothold in my life. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge. Thy kingdom, thine is a kingdom. You can do anything you want. It is your power and your glory. You are ablaze in beauty, your glory. Forever and ever, amen. And it is in this setting that we find our relational experience where God speaks to us. In verse 14 and 15, In prayer, there is a connection between what God does and what you do. (laughs) There is a connection, yeah. There is a connection between what we do and what God does. You can't get forgiveness from God without forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God doing his part. We are bringing our needs to God, not for him to do things for us, but for us to recognize God can do these things in our life and for the people whom we pray. Amen?